You've come out of a run of shifts and you finally get to bed. You sleep for a few hours and the next minute you're staring at the ceiling and you're wide awake. In today's episode, which is part one of a three-part espresso series, we will discuss why this happens. Shift work can be brutal, but it doesn't have to be. Welcome to A Healthy Shift. My name is Roger Sutherland, certified nutritionist, veteran law enforcement officer, and 24-7 shift worker for almost four decades. Through this podcast, I aim to educate shift workers using evidence-based methods to not only survive the rigors of shift work, but thrive. My goal is to empower shift workers to improve their health and well-being so they have more energy to do the things they love. Enjoy today's show. Welcome to a Healthy Shift podcast where we discuss evidence-based strategies for improving sleep and overall well-being, especially for you shift workers. I'm your host, Roger Sutherland, and it gives me absolute great pleasure to welcome you to the episode of the podcast. And thank you so much to each and every one of you who are out there listening, either on your walk or on your commute to work or back. I appreciate you. Now, in today's episode, I'm going to focus on a common sleep problem, which is waking up in the middle of the night. And did you know that about a third of the people experience nighttime waking at least three times a week. It is a prevalent issue that can significantly impact our quality of sleep. Now, I want you to be aware, it is perfectly natural for us to stir or to even wake between cycles of sleep. It's just that we generally don't remember it because we go straight back to sleep. Now, we have a circadian rhythm, but we also have what is called an ultradian rhythm. Now, our ultradian rhythm runs approximately 90 minutes, a 90-minute cycles repeatedly every 24-hour cycle. So it's going 90, 90, 90, 90. And different things occur within our circadian rhythm within that ultradian rhythm as well. I hope I didn't confuse you with that. But anyway, that's what it actually does. So while we're sleeping... We are actually sleeping in 90-minute cycles when we go from one phase of sleep to the next. Now, we've all heard of REM sleep and we've heard of deep sleep um, and, and things like that. So it's important to remember that they are generally 90-minute cycles. And it is for this reason that I recommend that you nap for 90 minutes because, or 30, but up to 30 minutes or 90 minutes. And the reason for this is because you are waking yourself as you go from one cycle into the next, where we are at the lightest sleep between. Now, when we totally wake up, there could be any number of reasons. So let's go into some of them. Firstly, it's important to note that repeated late night wakenings can indicate a health issue, or they may be due to lifestyle factors. So let's go into some of the health issues as reasons to start with. So I'm going to start at the very top with the most significant sleep issue, which affects us as shift workers. Now, shift work sleep disorder. Now, this is important for you to understand. Shift work sleep disorder, which is SWSD, is a circadian rhythm sleep disorder that occurs when your work schedule is outside of the typical nine to five day. Hello, shift workers. 
Now, this leads to a misalignment between your natural circadian rhythm and your work hours. And this misalignment can result in great difficulty in falling asleep, in staying asleep, or getting that restorative sleep that is so important to us in the time that we do get to sleep. Now, the incidence of shift work sleep disorder among shift workers can vary depending on the specific population, and also it's very dependent on the nature of your work schedule. Now, research suggests that shift work sleep disorder is a prevalent issue among individuals engaged in shift work, with estimates indicating that anywhere from 10 to 40% of shift workers may experience symptoms consistent with shift work sleep disorder at some stage in their shift working life. Now, what sort of factors influence shift work sleep disorder? First of all, the type of shift work. Now, different types of shift work, such as night shifts, rotating shifts, or irregular schedules, can impact the prevalence of shift work sleep disorder. Night shift workers, in particular, will be more susceptible to shift work sleep disorder, which is literally due to the complete desynchronization of your circadian rhythm. Number two, the duration and frequency of shifts. Now, longer or more frequent shifts, as well as irregular shift patterns, may increase the likelihood of you experiencing shift work sleep disorder. And number three, individual susceptibility. Some individuals are more vulnerable to the effects of shift work on their sleep and circadian rhythm, which lead to a high incidence of shift work sleep disorder in certain populations. And as we know, everyone's got someone at work that seems to just absolutely dominate night shift and they sleep well and they come to work and they're up and about and buzzing, whereas others literally do not cope with shift work or night shift in any way whatsoever. We are all very, very different. Now, occupational factors is my number four, and that is the specific dam demands and the stresses which are associated with our different types of shift work, as well as the availability of accommodations and support for shift workers, can also influence the prevalence of shift work sleep disorder within a particular workforce. Do you have restrooms? That can be a significant help. And also, being afforded the opportunity to have sufficient breaks between shifts will help. So overall, Shift work sleep disorder is recognised as a significant concern for our shift working community, which impacts on sleep quality, overall health, as well as our job performance. And addressing shift work sleep disorder through tailored interventions and also through sleep programs is essential for promoting the well-being and productivity of individuals which are engaged in shift work. Now, the key characteristics of shift work sleep disorder include insomnia, So individuals with shift work sleep disorder often often struggle with insomnia. They find it very challenging to, to get to sleep, to maintain sleep, or to wake up feeling that they've had restorative, good restorative sleep, and they can't go to sleep in the designated or allocated sleep time. Number two is excessive sleepiness. Despite the attempt to sleep during our non-traditional hours, individuals with shift work sleep disorder may also experience excessive sleepiness or difficulty staying awake during their work shift. So we can't sleep when we get the chance to sleep, but then we can't stay awake when we're meant to be at work. And that is a classic sign of shift work sleep disorder. We have impaired functioning. The sleep disruption associated with shift 
work sleep disorder can lead to impaired cognitive function, mood disturbances, and can also reduce the ability for us to perform daily tasks effectively, not only at work, but also in our personal life as well. It is chronic. Shift work sleep disorder is considered a chronic condition when the symptoms persist for at least three months and are not solely explained by other sleep disorders, medical conditions, or our own self-sabotaging lifestyle factors. It is important to note that shift work sleep disorder is particularly relevant for individuals engaged in shift work, such as night shifts or rotating shifts, where the timing of work hours varies and conflicts with our own body's natural circadian rhythm. And addressing shift work sleep disorder often involves a combination of lifestyle adjustments a solid sleep hygiene practice, and in some cases, we may need a medical intervention to help us to adapt to our non-traditional work schedule and improve overall sleep quality. So that in itself is just shift work sleep disorder. Insomnia is another one. Now, let's just define insomnia. You don't have insomnia if you just can't go to sleep one night. That can be any number of reasons. But the definition and the symptom of insomnia Insomnia is a sleep disorder which is characterized by persistent difficulty falling asleep, staying asleep, or experiencing non-restorative sleep. Despite adequate opportunity for sleep, individuals with insomnia often report that they have a dissatisfaction with the quality or the quantity of their sleep, which can lead to daytime impairment in cognitive function, our moods, or our overall well-being. And insomnia can occur on its own or coexist with other medical conditions, psychiatric disorders, or in particular, lifestyle factors. And we talk about alcohol, caffeine, nicotine, uh, blue light exposure, and things like that when we talk about lifestyle factors. And it can be classified as acute short-term or chronic for long-term based on the duration of the symptoms. Now, I'm not going to go deeply into insomnia because it's an extremely complicated condition, but I just wanted to make it clear that just because you're up for one night doesn't mean that you're suffering from insomnia. It could just literally be a lifestyle factor that's occurred during that day. But what is important is that we incorporate tips for improving our sleep hygiene and developing a regular bedtime routine, and more on that in the next podcast episode on how to wake up less frequency. And then the next one, which will be how to go back to sleep. Now, mental health conditions. There's a connection between mental health conditions like anxiety or depression and PTSD and bipolar disorder and fragmented sleep. These are all related. The impact of stress on our sleep quality and strategies for stress management are really, really important. It's vital that we don't try and go to sleep while we are in a sympathetic state. If we do, we will wake up and that is a problem. It can be as simple as something that is very stressful that is causing us to wake up. More on that in the next episode as well. But we need to manage our light exposure and we need to reduce electronic device use so that it can benefit with us with our sleep hygiene. And I'm not even talking blue light here. I'm actually talking about the content that you're uh, exposing yourself to from your mobile phone. That can impact severely on our mental health as we're looking at our fitspos, our bodies, our friends off enjoying holidays while we're on night shift, things like that. Now, sleep apnea is also another reason. What is sleep apnea and how does it affect our sleep? Now, sleep apnea is is a severe condition that will be diagnosed by a doctor as well. And we need, 
we, we need that to be diagnosed by a doctor and to help us. There are treatment options for sleep apnea, which include lifestyle changes and you know a con- continuous positive airway pressure, which is like CPAP therapy. We need to incorporate the tips for our uh, weight management, alcohol management, and caffeine intake to minimise our sleep disruptions, which will cause sleep apnea in itself. The next one will be restless leg syndrome and periodic limb movement disorder. Annoying. A lot of females will suffer from restless leg syndrome, and it's not even known why, and periodic limb movement disorder. Now, this can be where your legs just twitch or you can't keep your legs still, and it's really, really annoying. I have heard people that have used magnesium to help them in relation to this and get great success with using magnesium and make sure that you're getting the right magnesium for your condition. And this is something that you would discuss with your physician. It's also extremely important that we reduce fluid intake before bedtime to minimize that nighttime waking for restless legs as well. And here's another one. Nocturia. And you're probably not aware of what nocturia is, but nocturia is actually the condition where you have frequent nighttime or sleep time urination. It's known as nocturia. And what we can do is we can make lifestyle changes and you can also speak to your physician around this and for a medical intervention, which will address nocturia for you. It is incredibly annoying having to continually get up and urinate. So we need to be really careful incorporating tips for adjusting our nap schedule and avoid large meals and fluid before we go to bed. That can help to reduce nocturia. Poor sleep hygiene is something that is, it's something that I'm a massive advocate for, a good solid sleep hygiene. Now, sleep hygiene is a routine for us as we're going to sleep. It's a routine that we go through every single time that we're going to sleep. And by doing that, we are actually programming our body in a routine that this is what we do to go to sleep. We stop looking at the uh, phone. We stop looking at electric devices. We don't have the TV on in the bedroom. We put the white noise on. We we take our face creams off. Um, we put our or take our makeup off. Put our face creams on. Spray our pillow with lavender. Climb into bed. Do some deep breathing. All of this is part of a routine that teaches our body that this is what we're doing. We are actually going to sleep because coming home from a stressful shift listening to doof doof music, walking into the house with all the lights on, turning the light on in the bathroom, cleaning our teeth in the brightest light in the house, and then climbing into bed and scrolling our phone and then rolling over and can't work out why we can't go back, go to sleep. Have a think about that one, because this is one of the main reasons why people really struggle to get to sleep and stay asleep. There is no doubt in relation to this at all. And shift workers, This one here is the odd sleeping schedule. The challenges that we face as shift workers and individuals with irregular sleep schedules are just insane. Now, what we need to do is I understand that on night shift, we can't maintain a regular sleep schedule. We also can't when we're flicking from afternoon shifts to day shifts or we're doing disco shifts or um, quick changeovers and uh, or swing shifts, etc. This is one of the things that causes us massive problems. But what we can do is we can try and stay as regular as we possibly can by going to bed within a few hours of the time we normally would and getting up within a few hours of the time we normally would. If you've done 
two or three day shifts and then you do an afternoon shift and then you decide that what you're going to do is have a sleep in that day, I need you to understand you will not catch up on that sleep. What you're doing is you are further compromising your circadian rhythm by staying in bed longer. Get up early, get on with the day, have yourself a nap between 12 and 2 for 30 minutes just to release the sleep pressure and stay in sync with your natural day and night circadian rhythm. And this is what is literally going to help you to thrive and not just survive. This is one of the biggest self-sabotaging things that I see shift workers doing. And what they do is they do these uh, few day shifts, then they get an afternoon shift, and then they have some days off and they decide that they're going to sleep in until nine or 10 o'clock on those days off to catch up on sleep and you don't catch up on sleep, you further compromise your circadian rhythm. And I need to make that really, really clear to you. Now, age and physical conditions. The changes in our sleep patterns and sleep-wake cycles as we age also changes. It is common that from the time that we are about 10 to 12 years of age, right the way through until we are in our late 40s, that we tend to be what is known as a night owl, which means we go to bed later and we get up later. But as we get older, so we start to change into what's known as a morning luck, where we get up earlier and we go to sleep earlier. Ever had a look at your parents or your grandparents? This is what actually happens. And it's a natural evolution of our species that we actually do this. All right. So what we need to do is we need to work in with what our circadian rhythm is. You don't try and force yourself to go to bed early if you are a night owl. You try and stick with much the same schedule. But as we get older, so we do start to go to bed earlier and want to get up earlier and get on with the day. And I would argue we get smarter and we can get up and get on with the day. Pure and simple, most productive in the morning. But the most important thing is we need to keep it regular because the more regular it is, the more you will actually thrive. And also, we also have different conditions as we age as well. Trust me, I know. Chronic pain, acid reflux. We have neurological disorders on sleep. You know, we need to make we need to address these things, but these things are addressed through doctors. But this is the sort of thing that will impact us on our sleep as we age. Okay, so that just about wraps this one up. Um, In conclusion, let's just go over briefly the things that we have. I discussed shift work sleep disorder. This is the one that mainly affects us. Insomnia, I just touch on insomnia. I don't go into great detail in insomnia because it's a very complicated issue and it's something that I'm not even qualified to really go into what insomnia is, but I know that a good uh, a good physician will actually refer you on to a sleep specialist or even a psychologist where they can do uh, competency-based therapy uh, for uh, insomnia, which can really, really help. Um, Now, um, the next one was mental health conditions. Mental health conditions, if you've ever noticed with your physician, if you are suffering from PTSD, anxiety or depression, one of the first questions they will ask you is what's your sleep like? And there's a reason for that because there's a bilateral uh, or a yeah, bilateral um, axis in relation to this. Mental health 
impacts on sleep, sleep impacts on our mental health in a massive big way. So we have to make sure that we've got that covered. Sleep apnea is also something that I don't fully understand, which is why I literally just touched on that. Restless legs can be sorted with something like magnesium to relax the muscle. There's no direct link between magnesium and sleep, sleep, but if magnesium helps to rest your legs, then let's go with that because that will help to improve your sleep as well. So that's another way. We talked about nocturia, which is something that you can see a doctor about, which is you know our frequent urination overnight, which can be a problem, um, and our sleep hygiene, our odd sleeping schedule, and just the age, all right? So what I want to do is I really do encourage listeners to assess their own sleep pattern, have a look at your own sleep pattern, and armed with the knowledge that I've just given you, consider seeking professional help if you're experiencing chronic sleep disturbances. If you believe you are ticking all the boxes, then it's really, really important that you go and see a physician in relation to it. And a reminder to prioritize your sleep hygiene and adopt healthy sleep habits, because this is literally what will help you to um, achieve much better sleep, which in effect, will bring you a much better overall well-being. And most importantly, if you are suffering from sleep issues, then your first stop must be your physician. Don't go and ask Jenny at the office what she takes because Jenny is making a huge mistake. And instead of accepting a prescription of a sleep medication from your doctor, I highly suggest that you first port of call would be to seek a referral and go and see a sleep specialist to work with you personally on your issue. In Australia here, we can actually get that on a health plan, which means it will cost you nothing to do. So go and have a chat with your physician and don't let him just write it off as, oh, that's what you get for shift work, because that's not the case. It is something that you can literally go and speak to a sleep specialist about. And how's that? Because there's a lot of people that do do really, really well on shift work and sleep. All right. So thanks for tuning into this episode of A Healthy Shift. And don't forget, you must make sure you subscribe or hit that follow button for more tips on improving your sleep and thriving in your daily life, especially as a shift worker. And that's what this podcast is all about. Now, my next episode will be on how to wake up less frequently sorry, how to wake up less frequently when you're a shift worker. It's so frustrating, isn't it? So make sure that you hit the follow button and turn on your notifications so that you get notified when that new episode drops. And that's a wrap for today. So if you got anything out of that, please make sure you rate and review. There's two more episodes to come, folks, which is how to wake up less frequency, frequently and then how to go back to sleep. Follow shift workers, your health, and in particular, your physical health, is a non-negotiable. It's the foundation that allows you to excel in your career and enjoy life beyond the workplace. Remember, this is about having more energy to do the things that you love outside of your shift working life. And by taking these evidence-based steps, you won't just be surviving, you will be thriving. Keep pushing forward and remember, I'm here to support you every step of the way. Stay committed to prioritizing your body and prioritizing your well-being. And as always, please remember to be patient and kind to yourself as you navigate the challenges of shift work and prioritize your mental health and well-being. Thank you for listening. 
If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you get notified whenever a new episode is released. It would also be ever so helpful if you could leave a rating and review on the app you're currently listening on. If you want to know more about me or work with me, you can go to ahealthyshift.com. I'll catch you on the next one.